What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the planet today. Today is Friday, February 18th, 2022. I am your host, Matt Norton, here once again with our producer and co-host, Nick Janusa. Nick, how's it going? Matty, I am doing very well on this cloudy Friday. How about you, buddy? You know, I'm doing a lot better um, because I... I'm also a listener of this show, and I noticed a lot of times when I like I do the intro, it's like a really hard like, "What's up, everyone?" And like I'm trying to get people excited, trying to get people hyped and bring the energy. Yeah, but it's kind of just yelling too loud on the first note. So you know what? We're gonna we're gonna mellow it out a little bit, <laughs> and I'll bring the energy with my today is date. That sounds. You know <laughs> what, Matt? That sounds good because every time you're pretty close to like capping out on the on the volume meter, and I'm like. <laughs> Damn, he really came in hot on that one. I might have to volume adjust it. But you know what? I say just keep doing it because it gets the people going. Yeah, but also like this might not be the only podcast that you're listening to or your music could be at a certain volume. And if you go straight from like something where the volume's kind of kind of high because the sound is low to this, I'm blowing your ears out. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's so, a wake up call for sure. I will be doing less yelling moving forward. <laughs> Sounds good. And you know what? Our 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. listeners will thank you for sure. So <laughs> starting off your day on uh, some sort of note, we'll put it that way. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the planet today. Here on TPT, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy with two episodes every week coming your way Monday and Friday. This shows your one-stop shop for all things environmental, whether you're just diving into a green lifestyle or you're ready for some more involved conversations about what can be some complex topics. TPT has a little bit for everyone, so we're happy to have you here as a listener. Yes, please go rate the show on Spotify as well and rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts. And Matt, I think you've got a review for us, do you? We do. And first off, can't say thank you enough to everyone who's already reviewed the show, just like LL from Earth did recently. They said, great podcast for someone who cares about the planet but doesn't always have the time to read up on the latest news articles. Also, Matt and Nick find a way to stay upbeat about topics that often leave me feeling defeated. Great pod, guys. Wow, very kind words. Thank you very much, LL from Earth. Yes, thank you very much, LL from Earth, and please let your cousin LL from Mars know that they have not reviewed the show yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into our quick hits for the week. So the first one is from the Associated Press through The Guardian, and it's titled, Gray Wolf Federal Protections Removed by Trump Restored Across Much of U.S. 42 episodes in, and we finally said his name. (laughs) Yeah, we had a good run. (laughs) Towards the end of the last presidency, federal protections for gray wolves were removed and exposed the species to hunting, something that environmentalists worried would erase the progress we've made in restoring gray wolf populations so far. Wildlife activists sued the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service last year over this, and U.S. District Judge Jeffrey White of Oakland, California, said the FWS failed to show that wolf populations could be sustained without being protected under the Endangered Species Act. This ruling doesn't apply to the northern Rocky Mountains of Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming, and some parts of other nearby states. 
Attorneys for the Biden administration defended the rule that removed gray wolf protections because gray wolf populations are fairly resilient. So their numbers would bounce back if they were overhunted again. And I'm going to be honest, that part seems dumb to me because the reason that gray wolf population got so low in the first place was unregulated hunting. So I can't say I agree with them saying, hey, yeah, they'll be fine if they're overhunted again. But Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I kind of find this a little bit off brand for Biden. Like he acts like he cares about climate change, um, you know, so much. So I figured he'd probably err on the side of caution in this case and just reinstate the wolf protections. But I guess I was wrong. Yeah, I think it kind of comes down to the whole like, um, I don't know, we talked about a couple episodes ago where it's big sweeping gestures of restore wildlife protections, mitigate climate change. And then like if something else is going to make the federal government more money. So in this case, you know, letting people hunt more, they're going to try to pull that one off. But luckily we have those activists on our side that are suing in courts to make sure that, you know, our wild populations stay sustainable. Yeah, definitely. Gray wolves in the early 20th century were nearly extinct, and their rebound is considered a great American conservation success story. And now some farmers and hunters have pushed for removals of the protections as wolf attacks on big game herds and livestock have increased. Yeah, but wolf attacks on livestock are still uncommon. And when they do happen, they can cause a lot of economic harm to farmers. But hunters have mostly been frustrated that wolves have lowered the number of elk for them to hunt. Yeah, so... I get it from a farmer's perspective. Like it's one of those things that it doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, it's devastating. So in your mind, you feel like it's a rampant problem that happens all the time for hunters. I don't know, like wolves are a natural predator of elk. So it is what it is. I mean, the wolves are just doing wolf stuff. It's not like they're expanding. Yeah. Um, But the judge's orders won't immediately restore protections in the Great Lakes region, which is important because Wisconsin officials allowed for 218 wolves to be killed over four days last year, which is uh, well above the state's quota. Yeah, that's a lot of wolves over that span of time. I mean, yeah, that doesn't really pass the optics test for me. Like, I don't know what the quota was. I'm going to be honest. And I don't know what like a normal amount of wolf hunting is over that time period. But that sounds like a lot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This ruling was met with opposition from the American Farm Bureau Federation, National Rifle Association, and other industry groups. And while the protections were removed, hunters and trappers killed a record 23 wolves that left Yellowstone National Park this winter. Wolves were wiped out in most parts of the U.S. in the 1930s because of government poisoning and trapping campaigns. They're now pretty rare in most of their historical range. And it's kind of frustrating that we're falling back on the prior administration's ruling, essentially, like... Uh, it's kind of shocking that that Biden would not decide to protect these animals, um, especially when they're going to be overhunted. Like it's it's just a matter of time. Yeah, it's tough with something like this where you know it's not so much that the the hunting is the issue. It's that we have seen in the past that overhunting leads to an area where hey, we need to protect these populations again. So until we get well above that threshold, like I just have a hard time saying, yeah, it's fine. We can, we can get rid of these protections. Yeah, exactly. The next one is by Furman Coop of ZME Science, who writes, koalas are now officially endangered in Australia. Yeah, tough news. So a parliamentary investigation uh, two years ago predicted that koalas would be extinct in Australia's New South Wales by 2050 without government intervention. And now the animal is officially considered endangered in the country. 
They've been affected by bushfire, drought, habitat loss, and disease, which are all contributing factors to their conservation status, changing from vulnerable, which it had been since 1999, to endangered. And this one hits especially close to home for me because I'm pretty sure koalas were my first favorite animal. Um, I had a Build-A-Bear named Luke when I was younger. (laughs) Uh, It wore jean shorts, a white t-shirt with red sleeves, and uh, on the white part, there was a bear holding a balloon that said, best pals. <laughs> and I named him after Luke Skywalker. So wow, I, I've always really liked koalas and Star Wars. Um, and yeah, this is tough news. Weren't the Build-A-Bear parties the best? Like, I feel like I had 15 Build-A-Bears just because everyone had their birthday party there. I had the wrong friends. <laughs> I only had I only had one Build-A-Bear. Oh, I had, <laughs> I had several. Must have been an Austin Road thing. <laughs> But yeah, my take on koalas is obviously I love koalas. I think they're such interesting animals. Like they sleep 18 hours a day. Um, They smell like eucalyptus because they eat it so much. And they basically drink no water because they get all of their moisture from the eucalyptus leaves. That's wild. I did not know that last part. Uh, But yeah, so back to this. There is some good news here. Australia's environment ministry said a plan would be in place soon to get $35 million over the next four years to protect koalas and their natural habitats. NGOs were happy to hear about the investment, but acknowledged that $35 million is not enough if the causes of the species decline aren't also tackled. And this is kind of par for the course for Australia's government when it comes to protecting koalas. In 2019, bushfires killed many of them and destroyed much of their habitat. So the government committed $13 million for habitat restoration and health resources, which NGOs said was not enough. As of 2021, there were 58,000 koalas in the wild, And that's over 20,000 less koalas that were found in 2018. Yeah, I mean, this is is rough. And I just want to finish with a tweet from the Australian Koala Foundation, which they tweeted after hearing of the reclassification to endangered. And they said, it does nothing legally to stop land clearing, which is the key reason for koalas becoming homeless and then getting sick with disease. So, you know, it might be a little bit too late at this point, but hopefully... You know, the, the reclassification can actually do some good. Yeah, it's usually the first step to getting more protections is bringing awareness to the cause. So Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to our next one. So our next one up is from Jack Guy, who writes, entire golf resort built in protected area must be demolished. Spanish court rules in CNN travel. The Marina Isla de Valdefanas luxury development is made up of 185 villas, a four-star hotel, an artificial beach, and a golf course. It was built on an island, La Isla de Valdezanas, and has been the center of a 14-year legal battle. It was built on a reservoir about 100 miles west of Madrid, and there were plans to add more villas and a second hotel to the site, but we have some updates here. An ecological campaign group named Ecologistas en Acion said development had been put in a protected area, so it should be restored to its natural site. The court ruled in 2020 that since the hotel, villas, and golf course were already in operation, they weren't causing environmental harm so they could remain in operation. But a decision last Tuesday overruled this and said that the site would have to be restored, which was celebrated by Ecologistas en Acion, who said this avoids a dangerous precedent for other buildings that have been built illegally. Yeah, this is a wild one. Like, like This one really threw me for a loop. Basically, just destroying an entire golf resort is a wild thought to me. Like, just demolishing all that work 
that those people put in just gone because they built it on a reservoir, basically. Just insane. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, like do, do the right things from the beginning and you won't have to worry about this happening to you. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was it was a very interesting story for me to read. Like, you, you don't hear this often. Like, the good guys don't always win. And no, in this not case, at all. Yeah, they came in and they built something in an area where things shouldn't be getting built. Like, protected areas mean that we should be protecting them. They didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, and that was not me being like, oh, I feel bad for them. Like, I just mean, it's crazy that they have to demolish the whole thing. Yeah, like, you're, you're right, though. It is crazy. Like, that doesn't happen often. It's usually, it's usually like, oh, man, we're hurting jaguar habitats. We're sorry. And then yeah. they move on. Like, here's a, this here's is a, yeah, here's a big fat fine for you. We'll pay it. No problem. Done. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Agreed. All right. I think now's a pretty good time to take a break, Maddie. What do you say? Let's do it. And when we come back, we will have some more quick hits for you. Today's episode of The Planet Today is brought to you by Vala Alta. Vala Alta's Everyday Handkerchief is a high-performance, daily-use handkerchief designed to help minimize your impact. Made in the United States from sustainably sourced Irish linen, capturing the material's historic craftsmanship and natural antimicrobial properties, handkerchiefs perfectly balance softness with durability and absorbency with rapid drying. Ideal for functional use in all settings, from the outdoors to routine encounters, their small and lightweight design makes one a must-carry for wherever life takes you. Build your own bundles from limited edition colors at valaalta.co and save 15% with code TPT at checkout. That's V-A-L-A-A-L-T-A dot co and code TPT. Welcome back to the planet today, folks. And next up, one in three Americans have high levels of toxic weed-killing chemical in their bodies. New study finds by Vishwam Sankaran of The Independent. Yeah, and unfortunately, the scientists who ran this study say human exposure to chemicals is likely to increase in the near future. The chemical studied here is called 2,4-dichlorophenozyesthetic acid, or 2,4-D, and I will not be saying that full word ever again. <laughs> the amount of 2,4-D has been rising as agricultural use of the chemical has increased. It's a weed killer that was developed in the 1940s and has been popular amongst farmers who wanted to increase crop output or homeowners who wanted a very green lawn. High levels of exposure to 2,4-D has been linked to cancer, reproductive problems, and other health issues, according to the author. Sankaran adds, while the effect of low-level exposure of the chemical is not completely understood, scientists warn that 2,4-D is a hormone disruptor, adding that children and women of childbearing age are at higher risk. Wow, that's crazy. And Marlena Frasithler, co-author of the study, said, It suggests that human exposures to 2,4-D have increased significantly, and it raises concerns over health problems, especially for young children. So young children are more sensitive to chemical exposures, and one of the ways they can get exposed is by putting their hands in their mouths after playing in the grass or soil that's been contaminated. That makes sense. What's scarier is that they can be exposed just by playing barefoot on a lawn that's been treated with a pesticide or weed killer. 
Overall, the study found that nearly one-third of participants had detectable levels of 2,4-D in their urine. There were 14,395 participants, so this is significant. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when I was a kid, I was always barefoot outside, basically. Like, when I was playing on my on my lawn or if I was playing on my friend's lawn, I would, like, take off my shoes, like, first thing I did, I feel like. It felt good. Yeah, just <laughs> having the grass underneath your toes, is there's something grounding about it. I don't want to sound like a hippie, but geez, it's awesome just having to catch whatever it is. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I have this 2,4-D in my, in my uh, body as well. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because like weed killers do their jobs, but you, you got to think of what that's doing to everything else. Like it's not like the weed killer is the sentient being that can go, okay, I was sprayed to get rid of this weed. That's the only thing we're going to touch. Yeah, like, exactly. It's getting in your soils. It's getting in your grasses. It's probably getting in the plants around it. It's probably getting in the water supply. So I don't know. I mean, there's only really one thing I have to say about this further. And it's Nikki hit the music. It's soapbox today. Don't use pesticides or weed killers on your lawn. It's bad for the environment, bad for you, and bad for your kids. And that was today's TPT Soapbox. It's the TPT Soapbox today. Alrighty, and our last quick hit of the week is from NPR, and it's published by Nathan Rott, who wrote, For the first time, the U.S. allocates big money for animal road crossings. You can also listen to this story in NPR's Morning Edition. This is a really cool story and one that I owe two people a thank you for. So first, my friend Emily Healy sent me a TikTok about wildlife crossings a while back, and I told her I would love to talk about this topic, but I wanted to wait for a recent news article about it to bring it up. And the other day, my friend Lauren Lair sent me this article that we're talking about here. So thank you, Emily. Thank you, Lauren. You can also check out the TikTok in the show notes for this episode. Anyway, everyone who has driven, especially on a highway, has seen roadkill. It's an unfortunate side effect of human development intersecting with animal habitats. The new U.S. infrastructure law aims to combat this by creating wildlife crossings. An estimated 1 million animals are killed every year in the U.S. on roads, which is mostly because of vehicle collisions. But there's another side effect to roads cutting through historical ranges of certain animals. It decreases genetic diversity. They can't mix with different animals as easily, so it leads to inbreeding and genetic defects. Yeah, Rop mentions how a report by the United Nations Convention on Biological Diversity found that human development is the biggest driver of extinction in the world. Not climate change, not consumption, expansion. When we spread out, it drives species out of their habitats and keeps them in one place. In Calabasas, California, 300 to 400,000 cars drive on a busy freeway every single day. The freeway is about to become the site of a 200-foot-long wildlife crossing so animals can walk above the road and not have to worry about vehicles. That also means that drivers can drive under that overpass and more than likely not have to worry about animals taking the dangerous route because they'll probably take you know that path of least resistance. Yeah, That path is also going to have sound barriers and vegetation, so it should be a really cool way to connect mountain lion habitats there, which is going to help diversify their gene pools. Yeah, like you just said, it's it's also good for humans. Like animal collisions cost Americans almost $10 billion every year. So it's good we're actually starting to do something about it. Um, you know, it's safer for us as drivers and it's also safer for the animals to cross. So this is a win-win in my opinion. Yeah, man, this is a big issue and something that I'm excited to see 
you know, more of these pop up around the country. The TikTok video we mentioned and linked in the show notes shows that they're pretty wide crossings and it's supposed to feel like it's part of the natural environment and blend into the area that it's installed in. Yeah, what a genius idea. I, I really am shocked that this hasn't been created or thought of earlier. It's it's such a no-brainer. It really is. Like the the overpass that they showed in the in that specific video, it really was seamless. And you could see they have like moose traveling over them and all these different animals basically just walking right over them as if it's the environment around them. Like like it's it's no different. Yeah, it's a really effective way to, you know, cut down on roadkill cut down on costs of driver collisions. And also, you know, it's just a way to maintain that wild habitat that we cut through. Like, it's not like we're taking away space from us. We're building it over our highways. Yeah. We're not losing out on anything here. So yeah, it's, it's just really cool all around. Agreed. Yeah. And for anyone out there who's like, oh, how big of a difference could it make? Some estimates are saying that this could reduce animal vehicle collisions by 97%. Wow substantial exactly so yeah i'm all for this and i'm i'm happy to see it going up and i hope that we see more of them across the country yeah same all right that'll do it for today's episode of tpt i'll be back on monday for our february interview episode yes matt spoke with sandy gibson of better place forests about memorial forests as an alternative to cemeteries this is a really really cool interview and i'm excited for you to hear it in the meantime share the show with your friends Talk to us on social media. Let's all hang out and be one big, cohesive TPT fan base. <laughs> Please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave a review for the show on Apple if you can. The Planet Today is written and hosted by me, Matt Norden. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Norden. We are co-hosted and produced every week by Nick Janusa, who also does the music for every show. Nick, where can our listeners hear more from you? You can hear more from me at soundcloud.com slash budlincape, and that is B-U-D-L-Y-N-C-A-P-E. Go check me out, folks. You can keep up with the entire TPT team on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Planet Today Pod, or email us at planettodaypod at gmail.com. Make sure to follow our socials for an exclusive quick hit that I'm cooking up every week. Our logo was made by Kaylee Veets. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we will catch you right here on Monday. Peace!